obviously a lot has happened since I first started playing music. Like there's been so many shifts in the world. And I think my shift into trying to explore more of what that means to me and not being so like upfront about it is getting back into what grounds me and getting back into like what makes me who I am and what helps shape me and gives me power to move forward. And so I think that it's evident that it's still there, but it's there because I am empowered to continue this life with these relationships that I have in the world. I think that the land, the water, the sky, all of those things are a part of that identity. It's just a different element and a different way of bringing it out. That was Black Belt Eagle Scout, and this is Shiros, a podcast with a mission to turn up the volume of women's voices in music across genres and generations. I'm Carmel Holt, and what you're about to hear is a previously aired interview from my syndicated public radio show, Shiros Radio. Shiros is a deep dive into the experiences and perspectives of women and gender expansive folks in a still overwhelmingly male-dominated music industry. It's a space where we discuss challenges and triumphs, how far we've come and how far we still have to go. Telling our stories is the first step to making music better for everyone. Defining what home is, where we want to call home, and for many, returning home has been a central theme the past couple of years. But when returning home also means returning to ancestral lands, it takes on a whole new level of spiritual meaning and depth. Catherine Paul, a.k.a. KP, who records as Black Belt Eagle Scout, grew up in the Swinomish indigenous community on the Puget Sound in what is now northern Washington state. Inspired by grunge and riot girl music that she discovered in middle school, KP moved to Portland, Oregon when she was just seven. She cut her teeth playing in several bands, working as a talent buyer at a music venue, working with Girls Rock Camp, and launched her own career as Black Belt Eagle Scout, releasing her debut Mother of My Children in 2017 and At the Party with My Brown Friends in 2019. After over a decade of living in Portland, KP returned home to Swinomish in 2020. The songs that ended up becoming her brand new album, The Land, The Water, The Sky, documents that journey, and we celebrate its release as she joins us as this week's Shiro in the Spotlight. KP, welcome to Shiro's. Thank you Thank so much you. for being here. Thank you so much for having me. The Land, the Water, the Sky album three. I have not seen you since. We were trying to figure this out. I, I want to say it was 2019, right about the time that you put out At the Party with My Brown Friends. Yeah, it's funny because I was I was like, that was so long ago because it does feel like so long ago, but it wasn't mm-hmm. really. <laughs> so let's get caught up. What led up to making The Land, the Water, the Sky? Well, in the pandemic, I didn't feel like I made good use of the time because I was just like playing, but then not realizing that I was going to use it for a record until probably like two weeks before I went into the studio to record it and was realizing, oh, wait, maybe we should make a record. I was working with my friend Takia, who helped produce the record and... Then I had to dig back into the vault of voice memos and recordings that I had. And then I was like, actually, you know what? I was working on stuff. It's been interesting. I was lucky enough to find a day job. There's this organization called Potlatch Fund. They're really incredible and I work remote for them. And so I sort of shifted my life a little bit and moved back home, moved with my family, started hanging out more with my family, with my parents, taking care of them, going on hikes, being around the land. And yeah, I recorded this album. I recorded it in like six months. And then within those six months, we were in the studio for around 30 days. 
It's pretty fast. Yeah, Some people I, take, I, you know, a year to make a record. I like how you say it's fast because the other records that I've done, I've done them even faster. And so like this, to me, it felt like long, but I like mm. that you said that because now I'm like, maybe I will take a year. <laughs> the next one, I don't know. It would be interesting to see what that produced. You're evolving as a musician. You're evolving as a songwriter. Your life is changing. I mean, that's a pretty dramatic change moving back home. And lots of people did that. But for you, it's a very specific experience. And for our listeners that don't know you, KP, and haven't heard about your background. Can you help illustrate for us like where you grew up, where you moved to, how long it had been since you've been back home and what is the significance of that? Why is it especially significant? Yeah, thanks for that question. So I'm from the Swinomish Indian tribal community. It's a really small community in Northwest Washington state in Coast Salish territory. And I grew up there. I was born and raised within that community. And when I was 17 or 18, after I graduated high school, I moved to Portland. And Portland was the place where I played in a lot of bands. I got some experience working at a music venue and I started Black Bell Eagle Scout. And the reason why I moved home during the pandemic was I knew I would always move home. That was a goal of mine. I wanted to come back to where I grew up. But also my parents were having these health issues and I just felt like I really needed to take care of them and to be home. And also where I'm from is really beautiful. And there's a lot you can do when we were living in Portland. It felt like a little limiting. Mm. And so in 2019, I got married and my partner has two kids. Congratulations. So a, thank you. So I'm a stepmom. <laughs> and so I was like, hey, y'all, do you want to move to where I grew up? It's really beautiful and we can do all these cool things, kayaking, hiking, we'll be around my community. And so we made the move in July of 2020. And I think, you know, to answer more of your question, where I'm from, our people, our youth, like we're encouraged to go out and to get an education, to get some life experience. But then we're also encouraged to come back home after we get that experience and to help contribute to our community. And so that was the arc that I've always been on is like, I knew eventually I would return home because that's where I belong too. Like I feel very at peace and loved in my homeland. So I have that connection there, like just where my ancestors have always been from. And so it just was an obvious, like I need to go home now. Now's the time. I'm not going to leave <laughs> except to go on tour, I think. First of all, that's amazing. And I'm so happy for you. Once you moved back home, I imagine that must have been very emotional. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So we moved. It was the pandemic. My community, we're known for like doing a lot of events. Like we have like multiple events a week. But mm. during the pandemic, we weren't doing any events. And so at times it was kind of lonely. Like I would see people not be able to like, you know, hug people and because I wanted to be there. And so instead of actually like immersing myself within the community of like people that were there, I went to the land. I went to the water. And that was really, I think, what grounded me and made me feel at home again. It's so funny. Sometimes I'm like, I don't have any friends. <laughs> and it's because it's been hard <laughs> to like you know, interact with people when you can't come together. Yeah. And 
we've been coming together more so recently, but for like two years, it's like we couldn't see one another because we wanted to take care of our community. And yeah, it was quite lonely at times. But within that loneliness, I just leaned into that connection that I have with the environment here and leaned into like, you know, if I can't necessarily spend time with people, I'm going to spend time in the forest. I'm going to get to know like this patch of salmon berries and see how it grows. Like I'm going to spend time with my like ancestors in my community that are in that realm. So that's what I did. And that's what a lot of this album came from, like being inspired from that because it's hard to feel that loneliness and to try and be okay. And so having those elements around me and realizing that I need to have this connection to my homelands. It's important for me. It's important for my mental health. It's important for me to keep going. That's what I leaned into with the songwriting of the album. Let's go to a song here. What do you think makes sense for us to start with today? On the River. I mean, I wrote that song when I was in Portland, but I was dreaming about moving back home. It was sort of like a manifest of me trying to move back to this river. One of the rivers in the area where I'm from is called the Skagit River. And it's important to our ways of life with fishing and with being on the water. And I just was trying to just imagine what that felt like to be on the river. On the River, it happens about midway through the new Black Belt Eagle Scout album, The Land, The Water, The Sky. KP is our guest today on Shiro's Radio. I'm Carmel Holt. You know, when I get ready to talk to artists, the record label or your publicist or whatever will send out a one sheet on the artist. And pretty much everything that I saw last time we talked started out with the phrase, and you even had a t-shirt, Radical Indigenous Queer Feminist. Oh, cool, which, yeah. <laughs> which immediately, I was like, yes, yes to all of those things. And I noticed that this time that moniker wasn't there. And I was curious about your journey through yeah. being a radical Indigenous queer feminist, whether you still identify that way, and what that has meant for you as an artist. Yeah, I still do. And I feel like I always will. You know, I, I heard that phrase from my friend Demian Dinayage. They made a t-shirt of it. And it was this way of like bringing together people who, you know, want to stand up and speak for indigenous rights and feminist ideologies. And that really spoke to me at, during then. I think that's like what I was like, yes, this is the focus of this band that I'm trying to bring into the world. But obviously a lot has happened since I first started playing music. Like there's been so many shifts in the world. Mm -hmm. And I think my shift into trying to explore more of what that means to me and not being so like upfront about it is getting back into what grounds me. 
and getting back into like what makes me who I am and what helps shape me and gives me power to move forward. And so I guess, yeah, within the PR, it's not used just because I think that it's evident that it's still there, but it's there because I am empowered to continue this life with these relationships that I have in the world with the land, the water, the sky. I think that the land, the water, the sky, all of those things are a part of that identity. It's just a different element and a different way of bringing it out. Because you had identified in this very, like you're saying, kind of upfront way in the past. Do you still feel, first of all, that you would identify yourself as a feminist? And part B to that is, what are your thoughts about representation and tokenization? Yeah, um, you ask potentially oh. hard questions. <laughs> Where I'm like, mm, this is going to take me a minute to answer and probably a couple essays and maybe reading some books and whatnot. Mm, so I'm okay. going to try my best to answer okay. your question. I guess I do sort of have an answer because when you were sharing that question, I, a thought came to me and I was like, it's okay if people don't want to identify as that. I think that's what I've learned a lot in the past two years is to respect people. And so those people that are like, you know, I don't feel really like I want to identify or share more about that. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Other people will probably. And so I feel like that's one of the answers that I think of when you ask that question, because I think things aren't so like black and white for me. I think things aren't so like you have to be this way or you have to be this other way. I feel like we can sit and hold various facets of our identities at the same time and like move within those identities and evolve and change. And that's okay. You know, I've been thinking a lot about life lately in that I'm like probably almost halfway towards the end of my life. I'm maybe going to go a little dark here, but within my community, people tend to maybe not live past 80. And so I think about that for myself and I'm like, what do I want in my life? You know, I'm 33. What do I want in my life? How am I going to create a life that is meaningful for me and that is honorable and respectable? And one of those things I've been thinking about is taking into consideration others' beliefs and trying to be more understanding and to try and understand it, even if I disagree, even if I'm like, I don't really like that. That is totally wrong. But sit with that and try and evolve and like hold it for a minute rather than be like, no, you know. So th that's something I think that has changed for me in the past couple of years. And probably it was from the pandemic. Honestly, it probably came from this big thing that happened to our society and to our world where I'm just like, how, what is this life anymore? <laughs> But in terms of representation, I have a song that's on my album. It's about that. It's called Nobody. And I wrote it because I was thinking about how representation is viewed within our society and how I view representation too, especially being an indigenous person. Like a really cool show popped up called Reservation Dogs. And that's an incredible show, but it popped up just more recently. And I feel like, you know, I'm seeing a lot of indigenous creators, indigenous, you know, artists, actors, musicians be given opportunities to share more about themselves and to share from themselves and like lead that way. And so it's really cool to see that. And I, you know, reflect back on, you know, how did I get to where I am? When I was growing up, I didn't have reservation dogs on the television. I had other people in my community. You know, I had people who would step up and help with gatherings, you know, people who would step up and speak about things, who would show, 
these beautiful, caring sentiments towards our people. I had those forms of representation. And so like, I think those can exist along the same lines. They can exist at the same time within your community. That's nobody. Black Belt Eagle Scout, our guest on Shiro's Radio. The new album is The Land, The Water, The Sky. KP, you were talking about when you were coming up in representation. Now that you're this far along in your career, have you had the experience yet of young Indigenous women in particular being, but anybody, being inspired by you? Oh, yeah. Definitely. And I like to just try and be friends with people (laughs) who like my music rather than like have that weird like fan situation. Just because I'm like just KP, I live on my reservation, you know, it's like not not like a huge thing. But in the music video for Nobody, there's a young girl named Layla and I'm friends with Layla's aunt and Layla's mom and they would come out to my shows and they would bring their kids and Layla would be there and just be jamming out to like soft stud and that was one of the reasons why I asked her to be in the music video because I was like you know I want to keep inspiring and being there maybe less of like I want to inspire people but more so I want to be there for people and I want Mm. to be there and like show up for someone in a good way, in a respectable way. So I always love and try and connect with people whenever they share that they like my music because it makes me feel like what I'm doing is good in the world (laughs) and it brings me a lot of joy. It does. It brings me a lot of joy and happiness. I wonder whether some of that connects or has roots in your work with Girls Rock, do you think? Yeah, definitely. I used to teach drums at Girls Rock Camp and I would watch these young girls like not know how to play the drums and then get through a week of drum lessons, you know, get frustrated, but then realize that they could do it. And then like afterwards, when we had the showcase, just rock out and have the best time. And I remember watching the songs that they did and seeing my drum students and just crying because I was just like, this is incredible. (laughs) Just like seeing what people can do and like the Mm -hmm. potential that people have and that creativity that they can move forward and blossom out into the world. I'd love to talk more about the album and your journey with it. When you said that you had that moment where you're like, oh, I guess I did actually make a body of work that's an album. What clicked in there for you? I think what clicked the most was that I cared about all of the songs and I wanted to put time and effort into every single song, not just be like, okay, like here's some filler songs. And then I definitely know these are the singles, but I wanted to carefully wrap my arms around all of the songs. And I think that that is how the songs come in with the through line is that I gave equal amounts of energy into each song. And I've never done that before. I've always sort of like had some songs and then maybe it was just my intentions weren't as focused or something. 
I don't know. The other thing is I had a lot of support in creating the album. My producer, Takia Reed, she is just so incredible and uplifting of my vision for the band and what I want to do. And so having somebody be there where I would come to her with an idea and say, hey, I kind of want to try this. I'm not sure. And just be met with so much positivity and just so much action of trying to do it. That is an incredible thing to also be able to have in order to help lift up the songs more. And obviously the songs are about healing. They're about connection to homelands. They're about love. They're about continuing to move forward. But there had to be that intention behind it and that good feeling surrounding every single song. Do you have a song on the album that feels especially meaningful to you? I've been thinking a lot about Spaces. Spaces has the most people playing on it for one. So there's a lot on the foundation of it. My parents are in the chorus. My friend Grace plays bass and she sings in it. I have a string trio. Lori Goldston plays the cello. Swill Canem plays violin. Gerona Cervantes plays violin. I do the guitar and the drums on it. And it just is one of those songs where it has a lot of energy within it. I can remember playing the guitar line in my bedroom in Portland and then it was finished in the recording studio and it was that time during lockdown when everybody just could not leave and I just was like I miss playing. I miss this and I was really just thinking how much I love playing music for people and how much it is meaningful to me that people support and they listen to my music and they honor and will come out to see the musicianship that I have in this world. And so I had that intention going into the song and then, you know, having my parents sing on it, like my dad adds a really beautiful element and it kind of goes into like, I guess this like spiritual place too <laughs> when he comes in. Cause I sang the melody. I was like, the melody's, and then he like brought this other essence to it because he sings Coast Salish songs. He's a powwow singer, a big drum singer from the powwow. My mom is on there too, just like lending her beautiful natural voice on it. But it brings in this moment, I think, of having the two people that I come from and having that show up and support me. And also the song is kind of like a healing and thank you song to people who support me. So it's, it's just a lot of supporting going on. <laughs>
Voices from the new Black Belt Eagle Scout album, The Land, the Water, the Sky. KP is here with us on She Rose Radio. I'm Carmel Holt. That is definitely one of my favorite songs on the album. Speaking of your mom, this is not the first time that she has been part of one of your albums on at the party with my brown friends. Yeah. You're me and I'm you. Yeah. That was for your mom, right? And yeah, it yeah. was talking about having said in the lines. Yeah, yeah. And she has an amazing story too. Yeah, yeah, she does. My mom is so incredible and inspirational to me. Just, you know, the fact that she hasn't given up in her life and just keeps going for her family and for her people. She was taken away from her family and put in an orphanage and she was adopted out to a non-native family and she had an older sister that was adopted out too. She had a younger brother, but her older sister was adopted to another family and then her and her younger brother were adopted to a, a different family. And so she grew up trying to, you know, sort of figure out who she was and try and reconnect to her culture. And she's done so much. She's an attorney and she's a really incredible cook. And like she's done all these really incredible things in her life. And she was able to reconnect with her older sister later in life. And now they're just like the closest two peas in a pod type people. And it's really beautiful to see them reconnect. She has given me a lot in my life in terms of seeing the world. She used to do these anthropology lectures at these conferences around the world and she'd take me. So I was like a little girl flying out to Guatemala or like flying wow. out to Brazil or like Austria and like all these places because she wanted me to experience that. She wanted me to have that worldview of life. It sounds like she was so inspiring and empowering to you and a great role model as a strong woman. I was curious about the role of women within indigenous culture. Is patriarchy a thing? Within my own community, like women run things <laughs> and they're really respected. Women get things done, but also we really respect men and we respect all our community members coming together and working together. It's all really for our future generations. And Sedna, that song and that mention of Sedna lines from the other song, You're Me and I'm You, come from trying to reconnect to our culture, going to different conferences. There's a conference called AFN that happens in Alaska and going and learning and listening to our elders and being a part of our culture. Like that's where we learned about Sedna and how important Sedna's story is to our people and to having resources and food and honoring that, which is, you know, why people have markings on their fingers. It's an interesting story. There's different variations and I'm going to tell it in a way that maybe someone will be like, that's not the right way. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to morph it together. That's the thing with storytelling with indigenous people. I feel like it's like you can sort of change some things here and there. But anyway, Sedna is given up or also she wants to go with this man person. He's also maybe this bird too, as a trade to like help her people essentially. And then she decides that she doesn't want to and she tries to escape. And then her father comes to rescue her in one version of the story. And he's got her on his boat. And then the big bird or the person who she was like supposed to be promised to comes after them. And this is the part of the story where I just was like, what? She's clinging on to the boat and her father chops her fingers off to save 
himself and get away. And then she falls into the water and her fingers become all of the sea creatures and all the things that our people eat and their natural resources. And so she's essentially like sacrificed to be able to give life to our people. And so it's a really kind of intense story, (laughs) but it's like, you know, one of those things where it's important for us to be able to live. And so she made this sacrifice for us. I feel like sometimes when I share things like that, I would much rather invite like an elder to come in and share so that I can still learn because I'm still young yet. And I sometimes feel like I shouldn't be speaking on certain things because I'm still learning. So I wrote a song about it. Black Belt Eagle Scout on Shiro's Radio this week. The new album, The Land, The Water, The Sky, and that's track two called Sedna. KP, it's been awesome to have you here on the show. Maybe we could part ways with one other song. Your choice. Let's do Sam and Stinta. I wrote Sam and Stinta about a painting called Swinomish Stinta. Stinta is a Klamath word that means love and Swinomish is where I'm from. And so it's Swinomish love. And my partner created the painting. And so I wrote the song in response to the painting and what I saw in the painting, which was gray and white salmon swimming upstream, this yellow underneath the stream. And if you want to look at the painting, it's on the cover of the Lost and Relax seven inch that I did. And also within the song, there's this darker moment of feeling frustrated, feeling challenged. And I wrote this during one of those times when I was needing to find some sort of feeling and perhaps I was screaming into the distant sea. On top of that, I also asked my friend Phil to sing on the song. I was like, hey, I was hearing your voice on the song can I send it to you? Here's what I want you to sing. Here's the melody. And so he recorded it at his house and sent it back to us. And then we like weaved in my vocals into it. And it was really great. It was really beautiful to be able to have him sing on it. It was also featured in Reservation Dogs too. So it was awesome to have it on that show. Black Belt Eagle Scout, thank you again for being with us on Shiro's. Congratulations on the land, the water, the sky. Thank you.
Many thanks once again to KP for joining us. The new Black Belt Eagle Scout album, The Land, The Water, The Sky, is available now on Saddle Creek Records. She Rose is produced by me, is mixed and mastered by Kelly Drake. Our original theme music is by Lucius. She Rose is also a nationally syndicated radio show. You can visit SheRoseRadio.com to find out more and support our work with Patreon or merch from the She Rose shop. Keep in touch on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Carmel Holt or find us at She Rose Radio. And please consider leaving us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps us grow and bring you more Shiro's. Until next time, remember, music is our superpower. I'm Carmel Holt. Thanks for listening.